Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Turkeys. Let's talk about turkeys. Works for me. All right, guys. Welcome back. Land Legs Podcast here. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. We're here. We are ready to get after it. I know, honestly, kind of wrapping up a, a big trip from the East Coast, and you had a couple consults in Missouri. It's kind of a Eastern a Missouri, yeah. heavy last couple of days, but then we're rolling just hard right into turkey season because it opens up tomorrow and here in wanna, Missouri. I don't want to use that term, we're rolling hard, because it's like, Oh, I was looking at turkey season to be a good break. <laughs> we don't have any cons. Do we have any consults booked for the next three weeks? I think we- consults. No. Okay. There, there's a, there's a, a little bit of work, work work things that we yeah. that we have uh, ob- obligations and and there's no new consultations yeah. that uh, take a lot of additional so, office work and travel and stuff I'm, like that. I'm but. hopeful that with you know we've got food plot planning coming up. <clears throat> we've got our Stratton seed sitting yep. in the cabin ready to rock. Yep. We've got I've got fence to build on the farm for the cows, and got then a, we got turkey season and a place to close on to. Yeah, so we'll have, hopefully hear more about that in the few coming weeks. But yeah, it's like holy cow, this next three weeks is wild. Yeah, and I, I my goal <laughs> my goal well first off is kill a turkey. Second off is to have all my reports done. And oh yeah, completely caught up by the end of turkey season. So yep. Um, you know, It'll turkey season is, is getting ready to, I mean, we're watching the sun go down right now in my backyard. The sun is officially down. We're looking at the sunset. The next time we see that sun, it's Missouri turkey season. That's it. Which is I don't even know thing. how it got here. <laughs> it's like my daughter, my youngest daughter, my wife and I were talking yesterday. How in the world? She's almost, by the end of turkey season, she'll be nine months old. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? Um, life, time is flying by right now. Um, but when you're on the road all the time, I guess, and having fun, it seems to go pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, turkey season, man, you know, one of the big things that I'm excited about, big shout out, I guess, with turkey season kicking off is that, um, we're using a new red dot this year. Mm -hmm. Um, last couple of years, I haven't had a red dot. Um, but I've always liked, I've used them in the past, scopes and red dots. And, um, you know, the shotgun I've been using doesn't have one, and I didn't want to pay the money to have it fitted, what is the terminology, a gunsmith to get it all ready for a red dot when it's a pump shotgun. I'm like, nah, this is my... It's not your forever shotgun. Yeah, this isn't my forever shotgun. And so we've got shotguns, but, um, you know, one of our SX4. partners... One of our partners, Vortex Optics... Yep. Has a new red dot. We've talked about it before, but in case you haven't heard, um, the Spark Solar. Yep. And it's a real simple, small profile red dot. You can even, they've got a bracket. You can use it on an AR or a shotgun. We've chose to use them on our shotguns. And, um, man, I'm super pumped. I shot it today, of all days. 
Um, gunsmith called me on Friday and said, we got your gun ready. I'm like, okay, it gives me two days. And I was consulting. So I got it last night, shot it today, this afternoon, and, uh, I'm ready to rock tomorrow. So got the red dot. And, uh, you know, if you guys are interested, check out vortexoptics.com. Um, yeah, Winchester SX4, Mm -hmm. um, got that thing singing and have a red dot on it and it's kind of like this is a forever turkey killing shotgun right here especially you know with that spark solar it's a forever battery too yeah it's supposed to last forever for a long long time so well then the other cool thing is i I like i like the um the weight distribution of that gun it's a 26 inch barrel Mm -hmm. that we both went with and like for turkey hunting um, you can swing, you can hold that gun up for a long time. If you get in a position where you're kind of forced to, you can't move. Yeah. I, I like it. The I, biggest I really complaint do. I have for that gun is the forearm and the stock are a little slick to me. Yeah. I think that'll, I think that'll break in a little bit. I think that fresh new little grease on the, on the barrel. I don't know. It's just a hard plastic. And, and so I think. You know, there's some like the dirt browning Duracoat, which the Duracoat I love that, and finish. so I might be doing a little DIY modification that oh. shotgun to try to add. I've been researching a lot, so <laughs> um, yeah. And so tomorrow is a is a it's an awesome day. It's a fun day for us, and it has been for many many years. Um, it's kind of symbolic for you know uh, it has a lot of things to me, and I used to. I used to love it more than I love it now. Right now I look at it this stage in my life and I say, this is amazing. As soon as turkey season's over, it's food plot season and we're right into summer. Ugh. <laughs> I know. I I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, man, this spring is, we've actually really had a, a nice spring. Been able to yeah. enjoy cool mornings, getting up to mid-60s and stuff. And it's like, I, I love this time of the year. But um, at the end of turkey season, we're, we're into May and I don't know. I feel like whenever you turn that calendar into May here in Missouri, it's like, well, summer is pretty much here. Like it gets here fast. Yes. So it does. Um, that I'm not looking forward to. But and we do have, of course, this summer for the listeners, we do have the habitat modules oh, coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, the habitat workshops. Wa- workshops and and the habitat module <laughs> yeah. with NDA in in North Missouri. So, so we've got three events out. coming up. We've yep. got a habitat module with uh, modular with uh, NDA on X. June 11th and 12th. Yeah, June 11th and 12th. If you want more information on that, that's the deer align the deer com conservation tab. Yep. Um, and then for our stuff. Uh, the Habitat Workshops, that's going to be in June and July. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be in Michigan and Alabama. And we're going to be basically for for people trying to figure out what, what really is the difference. I had this conversation with the guy just yesterday, I think. is The difference is really the NDA one will be more like the console. Like we're going to be scouting via map. This is what we would do. Let's look at the space, space here between this food plot and what could be a potential bedding area and kind and, of and, and reading the historical features of, of mm-hmm. that area and tying that into land evaluation and basically allowing people to get into our brain of okay what would we do here and why what what's yep. the why behind it um so and we're then, evaluating the properties yeah and then the other one is more like this is how to implement a lot of the practices mm-hmm. we recommend every week here on this podcast so yep. um there is a difference between the two and that's that's that 
Uh, man, turkey season, though. Um, it is the dawn. Um, we're ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to we – always, we always enjoy turkey season for, for obviously it being a hunting season, being able to get out. But there is something super special, um, and I think it's, it's often talked about. Um, I think it's often misunderstood, but everyone enjoys the waking up with a spring morning. Yeah. Birds chirping, you're just being out. Oh, they can probably hear them in the background yeah. here. Birds, the robins are singing and mm-hmm. the cardinals are singing. And then, of course, the turkeys and the whippoorwills. And it, it's it's an awesome experience to be out there and, and just to be a part of that uh, waking up, that, that symphony and sound. Um, because it's, like, it's just dependable. Every single morning it's going to happen. So um, I look forward to that but also just the ability to hunt with multiple people. Um, deer hunting don't really get that that often. You know, no. it's sometimes it's that solo outing. Um, but with turkey hunting, man, we're going to go. Chad's going to go. We're have, uh, we're gonna be four buddy man, Matt. four deep in, yep. in tomorrow. We always go with Seth, Trace's I mean, I was, son, son. I was thinking Trace. about that today. You and I haven't <coughs> hunted an opening day together in like three uh, years or four yeah. years because you've been yep. with Seth and I've been with Chad. Yep. And uh, no, that that (laughs) you were talking about today. You haven't hunted the opening day at your own farm in long time. It's like shoot, we haven't hunted together an opening day in in a long time either. So yeah, that that. But that's the cool part. It's like not that weather doesn't play an important factor into it, but if you got birds to chase, you can go pretty much any day. um, Obviously, with uh, schedules permitting, but you just go out and, and hang out. And cover some ground and interact with the birds. It's, I don't know. It's just fun. Yeah. For us, you know, it's tomorrow's kind of a symbolic day because of the fact that, you know, when I was talking to Chad, I haven't hunted an opening day at my farm in years mm-hmm. because the last, since we started Land of Legacy in 2017, this is so that's three springs now. This is going to be the fourth spring, right? Nope. 17, 18, nine. yeah, yeah. This will be the fifth spring. So the last four springs, we've been hunting the farm in Lebanon, Missouri. And right off the bat. Right <coughs> off the bat, or at least I have. You've right. been hunting with Seth over on his place. Yep. And uh, and so I haven't hunted that. And then years prior, you know my story. I've been I was filming for the Growing Deer Show and I was filming for Dury Outdoors. And so um, that was a span of six or seven springs. And so I haven't spent opening day in, in, at my family farm in at least 10, 11 years since college. Mm-hmm. And, well. and then, you know, even in college, I, ca- I, I can't remember if I ever skipped classes on opening day to go hunting. I'm sure I did. I just don't remember it. So I'm not sure. And then, so the other s- symbolic side of it is going back 10, 11 years, um, most likely opening day was spent on my family farm. Mm-hmm. And now with Chad and I acquiring the, the neighboring property, that's where we're planning on hunting tomorrow. It'll be our first official hunt opening day turkey season on our own piece of ground that we bought. And so that's going to be kind of, I don't know, little joyful 
well, I sure. guess, a little exciting. I, I would then, hope it would be. But the thing that's <laughs> – I think the thing that I'm most – that's most exciting about it – yeah, owning the farm is, is very cool. But I think the thing that's most exciting is the fact that we haven't hunted there in the last four years. Not because we didn't want to, but because the population was struggling because of really poor hatches um, over some very wet springs. And so we just didn't have a lot of birds. What birds were there, we certainly didn't want to shoot them. Now, mm-hmm. we've taken my dad there, and he's killed a bird and two, but we haven't really One hunted or, that what, much. Like two maybe in the last four years, something like yeah, two or three something maybe. Like that. It's very, very little bit of yeah. hunting pressure there. Now, the last time that you, Chad, and myself hunted the har- farm hard <laughs> would have been 2016. Yeah, 2016. I'd have to imagine it was then. And that was and a man, wonderful that was spring. A, <laughs> I mean, there's a you, lot of turkeys. You tagged out, I tagged out, Chad tagged yeah. out, my dad tagged out. Now, I don't think you killed. I, don't, I didn't kill. No, I killed one of my, when my parents lived in Missouri. I killed That's one of right. them. That's um, right. But, yeah, that, I mean, that was still, what, seven turkeys? That would have been seven. Yeah. If all of them were. Well, I did. Yeah. I think Chad yeah, yeah. killed one at. At Lebanon. At Lebanon. Yeah. Still, I think I think it was six turkeys though. That's sounding yeah. that's sounding six right. Six turkeys off that off that piece of ground. Man, there was a lot of birds. Even when season ended, there was still oh, a yeah, lot of yeah. birds. Yeah. And then right after that, the population dropped pretty significantly. It seemed like, and so kind of that. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I. Maybe I don't need to fill that second tag, or maybe yeah. I just need to sit back and watch, or 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 we'll know, take try and hunt. We kind of live by the. We're gonna take dad there. We might, depending on if the season really. Uh, if if there's still birds gobbling and like oh, okay there's more birds than we thought, based on pre preseason scouting, Chad and I hunted there last year kind of just to get a temperature of what's going on and we heard several birds so it was kind of like okay maybe next year's gonna be good and it certainly indicates that there's a lot of birds around. Mm-hmm. Well, and they've been very present on cameras as well. Yeah. Um, gotten some pretty cool. I know Chad said he's got some pretty cool videos, and then we've been getting pictures daily, seems like, of, of multiple groups of long beards strutting hens and then a couple yep. singles and stuff floating around. So it's like, oh, they're, I mean, they're there. And so it'll just, honestly, what what will be neat is just to sit there and watch the, listen to the woods wake up, um, just to try and pinpoint like, how many birds are there. Mm-hmm. Because because yeah. there's there's been a lot of work that's happened. Uh, that's part of the story of, of the filming is like there's been a ton of stuff that has changed over the course of four years or, or when we were had that very successful season and then kind of, you know, let's say backed off a little bit. A lot of work. And then now we're seeing the benefits of, you know, a, a less hunting pressure as well as improved habitat and a response in game populations, both turkey and deer. Um, but it's just cool to see that <clears throat> when you commit to doing something, man, there's a response, yeah, a positive response. That's really a, probably a good intro into the next, the other podcast for this week. But you're talking in it about the the last time you had hunted opening day there at you guys' family farm. 10, 11 years or more? At least 11. So at least 11. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> when's the last time? So I just got back from the trip to Virginia and worked there pretty much all week. And I can't remember the last time that I had hunted Virginia. Turkey oh. hunted. I mean, it had been 
seven I or thought, eight years. I was years. thinking you had hunted when you were out there, at least with your dad or your brother. I don't, I don't know if any, if it all lined up right. I mean, I think I had, I'd waterfowl hunted one day since Land and Legacy started, but I had not turkey hunted. And so, anyhow, it, it worked out well that with my the abbreviated like school schedules and stuff. My brother's a teacher. We were able to go out um, one morning, and he tagged a bird. My dad tagged a bird, and I was fortunate enough to to tag a bird as well. So it was like, wow, that it 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 kind of brought back the memories of chasing longbeards in the old Dominion State, which was which was cool, and not far from or either mm. farms I had hunted in the past. Or a new farm, um, so yeah, it was it was super super cool yeah. to be able to kind of relive that that moment uh, again. That's why I I really do enjoy turkey season so much. Yeah, it's throw the vest in, have some camo and boots, and go. Well, like, did you take your easy. vest? To I took my vest. Okay, that's all I took. And and uh, clothes. You were oh, I did, I did have yeah, my clothes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, but pants and a shirt and yeah, yeah, the minimalist approach. <laughs> I was gonna say, boy. It, Vest would have been a little carry oh, on it. No, I checked a bag. Oh, okay, I'd, I'd had a big, I had a big luggage gotcha. uh, deal, so I, I did check a bag because that the frame, if that's not the frame pack, but like it's kind of a rigid like, vest. Boy, that's kind of going to be tough. Um, yeah, Chad. Actually, why we're doing this podcast, Chad is trying he's to roost birds. birds. Yeah, what do you and he says, uh, you know, the one that he. Yeah. So earlier pre-show, he's he's on a bird. That bird's yet to gobble. Another bird gobbled uh, at his owl screen uh, towards the <laughs> – this is a little difficult for locals that listen to this, but towards Shimpaw Ridge. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he went to Paradise Point, and there's one goblin. So there's one goblin, uh, almost a blackjack, mm-hmm. and another one at Horseshoe Bend. Oh, wow. And then uh, he said it to Ruby to try to get this other one to gobble up towards yep. Four Corners. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you're seeing several. I know we, we've we gotten – it basically gonna, seems like cha- right now there's – to change names of these places every three years. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so confuse us. But we're well, like I said them. to you, like, you know, we, we uh, since we started this, there's been kind of – Two farms. Right, right. And, you know, we've called one one thing, we called another one the other thing, and now we're going to, like, we're kind of, like... Jumble it all It's up. all one farm now. Like, yeah. let's think of a name that represents the whole place. Maybe I'll ask the, the listeners, if you can think of a name that would fit this farm, it's the it's my it's family they've farm. Never, they've never seen it. <laughs> and then it's the Prairie Hollow property farm. Yep. And so both of those are merging to be one farm, and that's kind of what we're going to call it from here on out. And uh, so, yeah. Prestige worldwide. I was thinking about calling it Paradise Valley. Then I'm like, Paradise Valley. Paradise Valley. How do I know that name? Paradise Valley. And I think that's from Yellowstone, the more I thought about it. Who knows? I I don't know. I wouldn't pick up on that. But anyway, it, it could be. Cool. Yeah. Well, so, that's, that's exciting to know he's got, you he's know, got we, several options. Our, our cameras have picked up a group of three here and a group of three there and a group of two there and a solo there. And, and it's kind of like, and Dad's seen two there and I've seen mm-hmm. four there. And it's like there's a whole bunch of birds probably just floating shifting around, around floating uh, yeah. around. Yep. And the trick is yep. how, do you, how do you create a habitat features or th- things to draw them into you during that 
part of the season. And, I mean, we've utilized prescribed fire heavily to and, do this. And, and not only prescribed fire, but prescribed fire with objectives not only for turkeys but for deer as well. Yeah. And multiple vegetation types um, yeah. that prescribed fire was used on. So it's it's not just you know enough to say, well, there's there's you know, something's burned, there was smoke in the air. It's more important than that, it's where and how. Yeah. What are the other features around it? Like can a bird get to it? Uh do they want to spend time there? Is is there strut zones there? Sure it's decent bugging opportunities, but but that. there's they just flew past past you. Yeah. Some Canadian geese. But you know, it is does it make sense for a bird spatially to be there? And can you approach it? Can you hunt it? Yeah. Where's the roost site from here? Yep. So I'm there, excited to get to out it. there in the morning. Yeah. It's supposed to be chilly. Oh. 36, I think. Clear, though. Um, and then, then warming they up lie, to mid First light is 6.06. Okay. Cool. And uh, at 6.06, 6.06 tomorrow morning, it is supposed to be... Um, Thirty-eight. Oh, all right. I like I like that morning. Clear too. Correct. Coming in. No, partly really? cloudy. Oh, okay. Tomorrow's gonna be cloudy. Huh. Wait. Take that back. After date. Tomorrow's Monday. Yeah. It for some reason it kicked me back. Huh. No. Clear. Thirty-seven. Thirty-six at daylight. Yeah, that's what I thought. Five I like mile it. an hour wind. Oof. Oh, it's gonna be dynamite. It's gonna be loud. But yeah. have that audio cranked. Cool. No, that not turkey. <laughs> turkey. <laughs> That's my <laughs> oldest daughter. I've been trying to teach her what a hen says, and she says she refuses. No, tried no. That. She refuses. That not turkey. <laughs> that turkey. So, a couple hunts. Yeah, from from Virginia. Um, the first one that 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 transpired successfully there i had a we day got between three of them yep. give me the give me the good parts of each so i had a day in between consulting but had duties in the morning um had to take care of nephew so didn't go first thing in the morning had to take yep. him into school this and that and um went out mid-morning with dad checked the field I was like hey didn't really hear birds over here the the morning before with my brother let's go check a field and it was a cut corn field with um that had been cover cropped in, in rye and great elevation changes kind of in the fields allowed you just to be able to sneak and peek and and sure enough there's this big kind of wooded point um uh, right in the middle of the field this island and um down this little valley 40 yards off a wood line big timber on the on the wood around this field pretty much there's a bird just full strut hen and a jake and um kind of made the game what time plan. is it Th- at that point it's 10:50 in, gotcha. in the morning, so full sun. 55 degrees. Oof, nice, beautiful day. Red buds were blooming. I mean, that's just gorgeous. Rye was green as a gourd. Okay, so he's this out there is shining. what part of Virginia? Northern Virginia. All right, Northern Virginia, April 14th, 14th. 15th? Where are you guys at? Based on spring green up compared to where we're at here. Equivalent. Basically the same. Exact same. Can't tell the difference. No. Red buds are as brilliant as they get with yep. just little bitty green leaves green starting to form. Green streets are wanting to come out. Yep. Yeah, and the dogwoods are like as Gorgeous. pretty as they're going to get. They've just peaked. Perfect. 
Yeah. Perfect. So it was extremely equivalent, and most most springs are pretty pretty equivalent, like in the timing. Yeah. Um, a few variances, but very identical in what it looks like. Because we're up. on that same latitude. Correct. Yeah, latitude. Yep. Or very. Actually, similar. Virginia's just a little bit. Well, this location, Virginia's just a little bit north of where we're at. Yeah. But, um, anyhow, yeah, yeah. So it was same same green up, ten fifty. Spot the bird and. Where this where this high point in the field is, where we were able to look at, um, there's an island of timber, and where we spotted the bird from was a little saddle that's in the in the open field portion, but about 45 yards or so away from the edge of the timber. And so the game plan was let's swing back to that island, um, get my dad set up, and I'm going to crawl a hen decoy out to the lip of this ridge, which is pretty much the top end of the saddle, so about 30, 35 yards from my dad's location. I was able to crawl out there. In, in the rye, you know, it was a foot and a half, two foot tall, so I was able to pretty much crawl through it, mm. stick that decoy up, and make sure that they could see it. How wet did you get doing that? With, well, that late in the morning, it wasn't that wet, so I was fine. Gloves got a little wet. I think about crawling through a cover crop field during turkey season, like somebody's getting soaked. (laughs) Likely it was late morning, full sun, and and it dried out. But stuck the hen decoy out and just backed up a little bit, peered up, got on my knees, and was just watching birds through through the binos, called at them. Hen popped his head up, looked, 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 kind of put it back down, made a 180, and started coming back. Because when I stuck the hen decoy out there, kind of just – had shifted and we're headed towards the timber. So she turned. I was like, oh, that's a good sign. Hit her again, got a little bit more aggressive, some cuts, and um, picked up the pace. Started coming. Gobbler swings around. Mouth calling. Mouth call, yep. Yeah. Gobbler swings around, just kind of, of course, he's following her. And then the Jake watched that bird kind of started drifting up back up to the timber, away from, obviously, our location. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I like, I like that. So at that point, I backed off. Went a little bit further um, down the ridge line from my dad, and so I would have a little bit more of a direct line behind that decoy to call those birds in. So I kept on the call, and then sure enough, here comes the hen. I hear her call, and she responded just meow, 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 and just pr- stayed, you know, aggressive, quick responses back to that bird to kind of, let's say, throw a little bit of uh, intimidation and uh, aggravate that hen to make sure she would commit and. Soon enough, here comes this gray head, pops up over top the ridge, right in between my dad and the decoy. I'm like, okay, well, that's the hen. Perfect. I can just see her coming through through the rye. And um, she gets to the decoy and does not like it one bit. Flogs the decoy. Um, really? Oh, yeah. It was really cool. And you can hear um, her doing her just soft little clucks purrs right, right in and around. So I'm thinking, well, that is... Fantastic. That gobbler's got to be in tow like any time now. We're going to see a fan pop over top of this little ridge in the field, and and here he comes, right? Well, it was like four minutes past, and she's getting now a little less interested in the decoy, and she got aggressive enough with it that she actually knocked it off the stake. And um, I decided to, because she was losing a little bit of interest, I just called right back and did kind of transitioned some clucks into a fighting purr and that just riled her up and then here comes a bird you just hear a gobble just over top of that ridge <sighs> I was like okay he's really really close 
she kind of sucked my way a little bit. And here comes the turkey, actually, the gobbler down in the saddle. So he's probably 40, 45. And the field was, my dad was kind of on the high side, wide open field. Now the hen decoy is knocked off the stake. So, oh, geez. and And, and he, the bird, you know, it's downhill kind of looking. What so kind of decoy? It was, uh, it was the AVNX. Oh, okay. But so your I mean, dad has one. No, my brother has one. Okay, gotcha. So I borrowed it from him. And yeah. so he, <clears throat> so, the, so the gobbler swings through that saddle at 45, but my dad's like, there was no, there's no point of reference anymore. So he's like, I don't really know how far that bird is. It's very difficult for him to judge. And I'm sitting there thinking, as the hen is now working directly my way, and I'm just tucked on the edge of the woods, like, she's 10 yards. And I'm like, oh, no. It's about to go. It it's it's either it's make about or break. To go down. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, Dad, please shoot that bird. And he's full strut, gobbles back and forth a little bit, um, right there, and just kind of pivoting, just putting on a show. Bright, bright sun. I mean, it's gorgeous in that uh, in that ride. Just beautiful contrast. And he got a little less interested. Made his way, kind of turned and started going back. Why down did the he get less interested? Well, because he didn't see the other hen. Gotcha. And that one hen was, was she was kind of working, well, she was literally six yards from me at that point yeah. and working away from him. Yeah. And he's like, well, there's no other hen. So he turned and started going back down the ridge a little bit. And I was like, okay, I I think my dad thinks that it's too far. And I'm yeah. sitting there with the hen six yards from me trying to say, shoot him. And I'm 15 yards from my dad. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, don't let this thing get out of here. Don't let it get out of here. And um, so the only thing for me to do was try and get that gobbler just a little more interested. And it was super risky, obviously, with a hen six yards from me. Yeah. So I was like, well, it's, again, do or die situation. So I just cut back at the hen, um, aggressive. And then she got calling right back to me and just really, really investigating the edge of that woods hard. And it was just enough to make him turn and come a little bit closer. And um, he stuck his head up just enough. And I was like... It's now or never. Dad, shoot him. And it's like, he's close enough. And he shot and barred. Didn't even flop. Walked it off his 35 yards the whole time. I was like, son of a gun. That's awesome. <laughs> but um, that was the first hunt that, that we had had um, together since Missouri when they lived out here. And um, so that was that was super fun. And probably the latest bird he's ever killed in a morning at that time it was 11 10 I or forgot so about that the old wayno the whole wayno when he was out here in missouri he's like why don't you hunt yeah till late 30 or 9 it's like why aren't you hunting that's later generous that is generous <laughs> when a bird pretty much puts its feet on the ground after ply down it's like well yeah. he's about done if for the day if he flies <laughs> and his feet face the other way then i'm done for I'm the day i'm done for the day <laughs> i got work to go do i gotta yeah. go piddle so yeah, yeah. no he uh he he well, it, I guess the whole thing was it. It really was a twenty-minute hunt. <laughs> yeah, like, what, do you, what do you got to do, Wayne? Those sticks aren't going to whittle themselves. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, so it was great. We 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 made the most of of an hour to hunt because season season goes out each day for the first couple weeks of season at at noon. So, um, oh, gotcha. Killed the bird and went back home, cleaned it, and then um, so the, I guess the takeaway from that one essentially is. Don't, don't be afraid up. to don't be afraid to call back at a hen or call, well, try to call a hen in. I mean, uh, yeah, totally. Uh, we, we had seen birds and knew they were going to be hinned up. Um, this farm in particular has always had good 
good bird populations. Um, and we had heard some on the roost the morning before um, on a quick roost hunt, and they gobbled decent on the limb. I mean, decent, that was probably generous, and um, pitched down and pretty much didn't say a word after that. Yeah. I was like, okay, they're going to be hinned up. But, they're, you know, giving that bird time, this will kind of correlate into the third hunt, sometimes there are situations where you just need to read that activity between a gobbler and a hen and that intensity that, that they're essentially – you know, having back and forth. Like, is she interested in him or is he just interested in her? And yeah. so sometimes that, that approach is either try and pull him off or try and call her in. And this one, being able to have eyes on her on that first response, what did she do to to me calling and potentially her seeing that hen on the, on the ridgetop? Um, well, that was a good first response. So I knew we were pretty much in the chips at that point. It was just going to be, you know, was it going to come together? Were they going to close the distance? Eventually they did, and it worked out wonderful. But you got you got to try, obviously, in a situation like that. But keep in mind terrain, topography, and the way birds are going to approach. Um, so that one worked out wonderfully. The next morning, my brother, he had a, a late conference um, that morning before work. Or excuse me, at, at work. And so he's like, I've got, I, I can hunt the roost and that is it. And this yeah. is the day in between. Um, no, no, excuse me. This is the morning before I had to go to, to Pennsylvania. So it was going to be a, a quick hunt. Anyhow, my dad went with me and, and my brother met us up there. Different farm. Uh, I had never hunted this farm. New new farm that my cousin had, uh, had leased out um, for... Um, crops and my dad has worked it several several days like man there's always turkeys up there 400 some acres only a couple of wood blocks on it not that big it's like well I guess we'll go and listen here we're in between a couple um, blocks of timber we're going to be able to hear birds first thing on, on the limb from either on either side of of that location let's just go there and listen sure enough get there birds start gobbling right off the bat kind of forced to be Okay, do we go aggressive or do we hold back? Because with the property being so open and these smaller wood blocks, it was basically we had one bird gobbling close to the edge of one of the wood blocks and then, I don't know, 300, 400 yards down the, the edge of the field in the same timber block, there was four or five other birds in this block. And it was like... We could call this bird in. That's gobbling right here. Or we could be aggressive and try and use a little bit of the cover right along the edge of the field and get in between. And kind of made the ultimate decision. I would much rather be in between gobbling turkeys than try and just pull this one single bird and put all my chips there. Although it was going to be easier to get out since we had to leave early call the one bird in that was close to the edge where we first started we were aggressive and uh try try to slide past honestly i firmly believe we spooked that first bird we got set up no more gobbles i'm like i think i think he silhouetted us on the edge of the field but we had to get in my opinion, we had to get past to get really in the middle because I didn't know exactly if it was three birds, four birds, maybe five birds in this other portion. Um, but chances were better 
being you know more centrally located between these two these two groups of birds and so um got set up my brother because he did have to leave put him on the field edge looking right at the right down the field my dad and I got set up just interior, probably 10 yards in the woods, kind of looking more into the wood block where the birds were gobbling and roosted from. Started calling, had good responses. They were gobbling back, pitched down pretty quickly, and um, they stayed gobbling, which was which was good. Sometimes, again, early season, they've got lots of hens, and they get quiet. But I only heard one hen call, and they stayed gobbling. But they did not come right in, and this, it, it's super unique to, to some areas in Virginia that I've seen and worked or just grew up in, but it's upland land, but it's heavier clay, and so you, in this upland site, you'll have like these lower depressions, and water sits in there. Mm. And so you get tons of that like greenbriar growth, and the greenbriar right now is just starting to pop and leaf out, so... As you're looking out in front of us, it's just a little thick, but it's flat. And so it's, it's, you could only go so far off the field edge or you could for sure bust other birds. And so we had to sit where we had to sit. And these birds, again, they pitch down. They don't come in, but they're out 80 to 100 yards for 20, 30 minutes, gobbling really good, responding. But, just stayed patient because we knew that this is either they're going to either come through the timber or they're going to come out to the field edge at some point to see the decoys that my brother had set out and and work right in. So just stay on the birds. But what I did do was change up the intensity of calling. So being in the timber, I used the wing a lot for scratching. And yeah. I also pulled out the old uh, cluck and purr pot and really worked that over the soft clucks, soft purrs. When those birds, I knew those birds were 80 to 100 yards. I thought a couple of times I could, I could hear spitting and drumming, but they gobbled back every single time I hit that. And I don't know, five, ten minutes later, after pulling that call out and doing a couple sequences, <laughs> I'm sitting at the same tree as my dad. We're looking into the timber, and he goes, Matt, bird in the field right here. And he's 10 yards off the field edge but can't swing. And it's there's a long beard coming right down the field edge, right to my brother, comes in, flogs the decoy, and he ends up shooting the bird in the field. But what was wonderful about it is the opportunity when you are hunting with a group, set people up for – the multiple different scenarios that don't put all your your, your chips in, in into one um, one situation because we didn't know if these birds would come out to the field or come right off the limb right to my dad. So it worked out wonderfully. Um, and two, the soft calling, I'm convinced finished those birds out. Yeah. I think it's I think a lot of people mis they misread birds um, and the distance. It's like Sometimes when birds are coming in and they get to that, let's say, hang-up range, that 60 to 100 yards, you don't need to excite them anymore. And I think where people fail is that they try and rip on a call and that volume of call when that bird is only that 
or not that far away really throws off a turkey. When they're gobbling or calling naturally to one another, they know where that other bird's at, like to a T. They can tell you the yeah. daggum tree. They know how far that bird is. And so when you sit there and you try and intensify things to finish a bird out, really puts them actually on edge. And so switching to a call, still have the mouth call in, of course, but just pulling out the cluck and purr pot that will really put the volume on a much lower uh, decibel. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm close enough to a bird on the limb to even use it. They're going to hear it. Yeah. But in that situation, with that greenbrier cover high enough, I could pull that thing out, work it, and I knew the bird was 80 to 100 yards away, had no fear of seeing. That ultimately finished it out. And there was actually another bird on the way after my brother shot. We saw it kind of kind of go off. So both two, two of the birds further deeper in that wood block did come out and, and uh, kind of commit to the situation. Hmm. So that was wonderful. Um, yeah. Fun hunt. Quick. It was done by 7.15. Yeah. Um, and then brother got, got on to school. So then worked in Pennsylvania. Worked in Virginia a couple of days, and then the last day um, had a situation where the landowner was extremely gracious. Said, Matt, come and hunt, and um, got set up on a bird, or where third birds were going to be on a big, large point on this, on this timber from a uh, turkey hunter, very seasoned, um, that had been hunting this property. Said, go here. Those birds actually didn't end up gobbling. This bird was farther deeper into the property assumed it had pitched down to a food plot and got calling to the bird and gobbling back extremely good like half half note sequence of of yelps and he was cutting me off kind of thing mm. like oh this is wonderful yeah but i think what he, i like birds like this. <laughs> i love birds like that so um not knowing the property extremely well knowing that there's a little bit of a creek so once he did that though once once he cut you off did you just say okay enough of the call and i'm done no that's what you should have done (laughs) (laughs) sure don't over call yeah yeah so i was on that ridge bird was across little bottom there's a food plant on the other side of the bottom and the bird had been roosted on the opposing ridge and i think by now the time i'd gotten up to it it had pitched down as an in the edge of the food plot or in the food plot and cutting me off. And I, I will say this with the intensity that he was cutting me off and it's kind of open across that bottom. I did say, I'm not going closer, even though I had plenty of distance to give Yeah. based on how open it was. Well, this is a likely place a bird could get called into. I'm going to set up shop here first off. And I did that and he continued to kind of, cut me off with with good intensity so I, at that point after two or three I mean maybe it was more like three or four sequences of getting set up calling to him I decided I'm gonna get cold quiet for a little bit and I did that he stopped gobbling and I said well he's either coming or he's not moving so I just sat there and sat there for 10 12 minutes nothing and I'm looking hard to see because that, that, that could be a very typical response of a bird. Shut up and, and yeah. starts coming. I didn't see him. Didn't yeah, see they're him. not gobbling because they're trying to watch their feet to get to you. Correct, correct. So I thought that was the scenario. 
Because they're not smart enough to chew gobble, <laughs> chew bubble gum and walk. No, no. And then try and gobble with bubble gum. It don't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, maybe that's what makes them gobble like that. Have that rattle in there. I don't know. Maybe. Um, so then I called. A little, started a little bit softer because in case he had closed the distance some. And he gobbled back and he was still right there in that food plot. And I was like, okay, I think I know what's going on. I figured at that point he had a hen with him. But maybe the hen wasn't quite as interested or he had just recently gobbled up that hen as I thought, as I was getting, you know, set up on that ridge. So I said, yeah. all right, fine. I'll cut the distance. I cut the distance, got set up as pretty, as, as tight to the field as I could based on the cover that was available. Set out a hen decoy and soft called as I got set up, gobbled right back hard. Yeah. And, and then that was kind of like, okay, I feel like I'm in that bubble, you know, that that distance where it's like, you're kind of forced to come and check it out. Yeah. Like you, you, you're, you're right there. Or... I was gonna irritate the hen that I thought might have been there in the field in the field. And so I called soft call and he gobbled right back. I it might have been two or three minutes after that I heard I'm like, Oh yeah. The sound I can't hear. You can't hear either sound of that. I hear the spit hear the when spit? they're close. I well, cannot this, hear the drum. Those birds were close. And I was probably fifty fifty yards from the edge of the fee- the food plot and there's a road that came obviously in and out of that food plot and I was in a in an, a little open strip um between that so I figured it's like okay, if he can get there he'll see the decoy and commit. He got like very close to that and I couldn't see him because uh, I had a couple of briar patches in the way. And then he drifted back off the food plot. Now he he stayed close. I could hear him spit and drum for five minutes and I just kinda shut up. And then he drifted back up to the food plot. I'm like, dang gum it nope. It was kind of a narrow pinch with that road and everything coming out of the food pot. Like, eh, he maybe just didn't like that. Or yeah. there is a hen. Yep. So once he had drifted farther back, I knew I could come back into the timber a little bit and loop around and utilize the hedgerow and the yeah. food plot edge to get closer. So I did that, moved up, and there's this beautiful long beard, full strut in the food plot, and, of course, a hen. And um, I watched that bird and the hen for... 30 minutes just yeah. right there behind the, the the fence row and here's where i think i don't know if I, it, it worked out right so i'm going to say this was the right call but i sat there and watched the the two of those birds kind of interact the hen never really seemed interested she was simply just feeding around in that food plot yeah she was not really interacting he was keeping a, a, a 10 15 yard distance away from her you know, he was sitting there spinning on the highest point of that food plot. Occasionally he would gobble because there was another hen close. That was me. Um, but he sat there and just watched, gobbled, strutted as she picked around for a half hour. And then it got to a point where she kind of made a direction to the north-northeast and left the food plot pretty pretty quickly. Um, and then I saw the demeanor of that gobbler changed too he had been just whitehead just very intense strutting yeah she kind of was leaving the field pretty quickly making her way out and he dropped strut and he started going east and i'm like well here it is here's here's the chance Mm-hmm. i said the game the game's up a little bit so i watched him walk out of the field and all that happened at 65 yards 65 70 yards and i'm like oh that was a beautiful show, but 
the game the game's not over yet. So I watched him walk out, it's thick cover. I backed out to where I left the decoy and vest at, picked all that stuff up, and um, I looped around to there's an old horse trail through there. Looped around to that and called again when I got further back away and immediately bah, hammered back. I was like, sweet. But he hadn't really left the food plot edge too far. And that gave me just enough time to close 50 more yards distance. I got up and um, kind of cut the distance to where I thought that he was heading, which mm-hmm. would have been the most likely place, which yeah. actually was the ridgetop that I originally called from. He was heading angling up that way. So I got to a place where I was like, well, this is as close as I can get. And it's kind of where this horse trail and a logging road kind of came together. I just grabbed the decoy real quick, stuck it out, literally two yards from me. My gun was pretty much over top of the hen, just as a a point of reference for him to check out, look for if yeah. he came in. And I soft called, just as soft as I could. And I heard, no gobble. And that one was super, super close. And I was like, okay, here's this. This is where it's going to come down to. Can I get a shot? Because a bird was within 50. Coming through a little bit of thicker stuff, kind of, I mean, way back when, overgrown field. So it was kind of cedary, blackberry-ish stuff. Yeah. Melted into like a little maple bottom before it got up on that big ridge. And I heard the spit and drum. And then 20 seconds after that, he gobbled. And it was one of those... You know, late season when they get in tight and they're like, okay, where are you at? And they just really hammer. Mm-hmm. It was it was that gobble. I'm like, okay, now I, I know this bird is obviously really interested. I didn't just cut him off. He's wanting to come and figure out where this hen is. A minute or two after that, I heard another spit. And I see the fan. And he strutted actually kind of through this little bit of thicker stuff. Yeah. And Harry had the gun up. And he's... 40 yards he gobbled again saw that and I was like okay there's now I'm just trying to pick shooting windows and he took a few more steps clucked and stopped and shot him but walked up there and he had some really nice really nice hooks on that bird yeah um, but the I think the takeaway from that one I could have been super aggressive in the food plot but I knew that that game between the real hen and him was only going to last so long. Yep. And I think a lot of people, if you don't have that visual side of things, a decoy present, which I had to leave my decoy back to be able to move up and utilize that hedgerow, it's kind of a mute point. I don't think that you're going to get a bird in a food plot to really come off of a hen that's a f- only an 80-yard wide food plot if you don't have some sort of visual situation or appeal in the game. And so I sat back and just watched them. And so comparatively speaking to the bird that my dad harvested, that hen was very interested with that gobbler working, leading him around, yeah. opposed to this hen was just out feeding and he was just trying to make her play along to his game. And so... Instead of getting to the food plot edge and really calling and hammering and trying to get them to pu- you know come and pull over there, I was like, 
I'm just going to sit tight. I'm just going to enjoy the show. And then when it's time, I'm going to get in position and, and, and actually get where I need to and, and finish this bird out. And that's what happened. That's what that's what ended up working out. But, um, yeah, 65, 70 yards away, you can see and experience a lot of cool stuff. Turkeys, obviously I can see them there spitting drum and gobble and full full strut for 30 minutes, um, which was fun. Don't always get to see that in a timber type of hunt. Usually it's come, commit to the call, and the show yeah. doesn't last that long. So I w- that was su- super enjoyable um, and very grateful for for that landowner to be able to um, extend that opportunity to me. So um, that was that was Virginia. I, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised, though, at the number of turkeys. Every single hunt, heard birds, and called birds in. The first day that my brother had, we called in two jakes twice the same the same two yeah but but the other other days i mean full of turkeys and full of gobbling action and honestly it was a pleasant surprise because i i had gone many springs in virginia um without that type of intensity of a week one for sure yeah uh, i mean we we were seeing hearing five six seven eight birds on the limb Mm. everywhere we went i was like well, I, I like that yeah that's wonderful no that's great kind of, kind of kind of the uh opposite from what a lot of people have seen over the past 10 years in certain regions but um yeah they're they're great farms um obviously there's work to be done on all of them but still there's good turkey population so i was i was happy i'm ready for missouri now too i i was very fortunate to be able to get a little bit of a jump start and have that um, time between some consultations to get out and proximity to where I grew up is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah, 20, Chad 20 asked minutes me, away. He goes, Chad, whenever you sent that first <coughs> picture or whatever that you killed one, he goes, where's Matt at? And I said, Virginia. He goes, oh, is he just out? I said, no, he's got some consults lined up out there. And he goes, oh, I didn't realize this season too. And I said, yeah, it's funny how that one worked out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very funny. <laughs> so no, it, sir. No, sir, client. We don't have anything, the anything only available is the first week of season. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, no, it, yeah. it did. It worked out wonderfully. And um, it was, well, I think one of the first posts I made when my dad harvested that bird, it was um, just being able to enjoy a hunt with family. I know you you love getting out with your dad, um, I, and trying to get him a, a turkey hunt, a turkey. Um, I, in the spring. I love the idea of taking my dad and going <laughs> turkey hunting with him. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds great. Usually when we're there, I'm like, this was a terrible idea. He's still <laughs> stuck in his ways. <laughs> yep. Yep. He still thinks he's gonna run this this ship. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it is a lot of fun though. Um, for sure, um, you know it. It is interesting how things have changed over time of of hunting styles. Uh, I saw a quote today that was talking about, um, you know, each person living in in like right now. We're setting. We're 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 passing on the torch. We're not only representing our sport, but we're also representing it not just to the other people of our age that are that are that are right there in the middle of it, but 
helping impact the next generation, the youth hunters, mm-hmm. um, and, and what turkey hunting will be to them. And so I think, like, even just the social media pictures that you post, the way you talk about the season yeah. is all impactful. And so, you know, as turkey season progresses, it's just like you said, I think turkey season is just about fam- just as much about family traditions as it is about well, taking, an, uh, taking an animal. Yeah, like, I... I I really remember some of my first memories of turkey season itself was when my dad would come home successfully. Yeah. Like, I remember, and I still go through hunting albums sometimes when I go home to my parents' house. um, And look, it's like, okay, whenever the azaleas in the yard were blooming, like, on a Saturday morning, dad was gone. Uh-huh. He was turkey hunting, yeah, and and then about breakfast time he'd come back, and uh, we'd all take pictures out front and in yeah, front of the azaleas, and my dad, there's a a dead turkey, in, you know, in the yard, and that's yep. just what I remember, you know, the spring mornings being like. So it was always part of that um, that upbringing for me, and and now, you know, being obviously 16 hours away from family, that opportunity to hunt with them doesn't happen much, but then when you can do it and be successful. And then two, when, you know, I I had mentioned that my uh, we had to take my nephew to school. We had to go pick him up too, and so by the time like through all that, it was like this weird moment that I had of he comes back to the house and there we are, Dad and I cleaning a turkey. Yeah, and it was like wow, that's interesting. And so yeah. then the last day when I turkey hunted, um. My other nephew, he was staying with uh, my parents, and I came back to the house and had turkey. And we're all, you know, sitting there talking about, you know, the different types of feathers, the beard, spur length, and the hunt. And um, I was like, hey, you want a biology lesson? Talked about, you know, the breast sponge, the the crawl, the gizzard, and all this stuff. He's just sitting there amazed asking all these questions. Just like I was doing however many years ago with my dad, and he was showing me all these cool things. It's like – Wow, that kind of hit me for a moment. Like, dang, some some roles have changed, but yeah, what 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 stays the same is that that interest, um, and then the opportunity to share. So I think it's I think it's important that you remember that these are opportunities to share. They're not necessarily important life lessons, but they're things that for me and I know for you, they had a long and big lasting effects in our own lives and it was like well this is what dad did so or this is what my uncle did i want to do the same kind of stuff yeah for sure so, in this day and age i think cool. more and more people are looking for ways to get outside and then unplug yeah. so Absolutely. yeah I, I i know i'm it's awesome here you had success out there and you know it's getting darker and darker and darker and so we're going to wrap these podcasts yep. up and be ready to kick it off in the morning i encourage Brighter. everybody to Check out our social media page mm-hmm. for constant pictures, updates, and then also our YouTube channels. We share some hunts and um, more things to come over there. So check them out at YouTube Land and Legacy. And, uh, man, hopefully join us next week. We'll have more hunting stories and more strategy and also more habitat stuff. I feel pretty confident we will. I feel pretty <laughs> Even if we recorded tomorrow night, I feel like yeah. we have a good story. That's right. At least. We'll catch you next week, guys.